went into foreign missions, worked in Mexico, started a church in Mexico. And our, our ministry has been uh, largely project-based, where we'll go somewhere and help get a work started um, and then move on to the, to the next place. And uh, so that's still what we do, uh, either, either by going to churches and starting a deaf ministry, or most of what we do is assisting our missionaries that are doing that type of work. We have missionaries here in the States. Uh, we have missionaries in several other countries working with the deaf. And we have some of our missionaries that are, are hearing missionaries but are wanting to get a deaf work started. So one of, the, one of our missionaries in Chile, well, we've been talking to him for a couple of years about um, getting down there and seeing what is available. They now live on an island and uh, don't, they don't really know what's going on with the deaf in the area where they're at, where they used to be in the big city of Santiago, and there were, there were deaf ministries there. Uh, it wasn't a big thing to them, but now that they're out there kind of isolated, uh, they would like to see what uh, can be done with deaf ministry there. Um, but right now, all of that's kind of locked down. We were supposed to go to Chile this last year and, and start our investigation on that. So that's the kind of stuff that, that we're doing now. And our mission board is Baptist International Outreach, BIO. We have a, a strong emphasis in deaf ministry because uh, our founder, he and his wife worked with the deaf in Ethiopia and found that, um, that ministry with the deaf, that Ethiopia at the time they were there, uh, the communists came in and took over the country, but they were able to stay for a time because of their ministry with the deaf. And uh, so saw that as an opportunity to get into other countries that would be traditionally closed countries or restricted countries and uh, using deaf ministry or specialized ministry like that to, to get into other countries. And so we have, uh, the, the most of our missionaries are what you would think of as a regular church planting missionary. Uh, but then we also have the strong emphasis in, in deaf ministries. And so that's kind of uh, a nutshell of where we're at now. Um, and then was there something else I was supposed to answer with that? No. All right. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, sign language, how, how is it different in other countries? There are estimated uh, a couple hundred distinct sign languages in the world. Um, our sign language, we call it American Sign Language, and it, we actually got it from France. Uh, so our American Sign Language came from France about 200 years ago, just over 200 years ago we got the sign language. And, um, of course, it has developed and changed since then. And so our sign language doesn't look that much like French sign language today. When we lived in Mexico, their sign language also came from France uh, three years before we got it. They got it in, uh, let's see, eight, 1814, and we got it in uh, 1817. And um, so the Mexican, um, the Mexican education system, they've been using a French sign language longer than we have. But it doesn't really look the same anymore. There's, there's some, some similarity of feel in the sign language, but it's really very different. The few signs that are signed in Mexico like we sign them, 
don't even mean the same thing that we mean by that sign. Um, and so there's, there's a variety just because of language change. So both of our languages came from France, the French Sign Language, and they've developed very independently of one another. Um, but French Sign Language and American Sign Language and German Sign Language, those, those three have really influenced a lot of sign languages in the world. And so there are, um, in some cases, there are some familiarity when you go from place to place. Uh, but Argentina, where we also lived, their sign language came from Italy. And it is nothing like uh, what, what we were used to. And when we, when we moved there, uh, you know, in Mexico, I could watch a Mexican sign and just kind of, yeah, I don't know exactly what you're saying, but I, I get the idea. Argentina, you couldn't even guess as to what they were saying. And I thought, okay, I can at least communicate and make myself clear. You can kind of understand. No, they couldn't even guess what I was, what I was trying to tell them, uh, even if I just used basic um, pantomime. Because what is basic, normal gestures in our culture is not basic, normal gestures in their culture. And uh, so even though Mexico and Argentina both speak Spanish, uh, if you talk to a Mexican, they'll tell you that Argentines don't speak Spanish and vice versa, but it is. <laughs> they both speak Spanish, but their sign language is, is very different. So it's not tied to language, not tied to the, the spoken language. It's more tied to culture. And um, so then in uh, Egypt, I was there a couple years ago. In uh, Egypt, their sign language is very different. Uh, and even if even if I knew how to make the letters uh, that, that they use to spell their words, I don't know how to spell in Arabic. Um, and so that, that's a challenge. But uh, there, there are distinctions in sign languages. And even here in the States, from region to region, there are a few signs that are different, uh, but they're not like a completely different world. Um, and because of American missionaries, uh, our American sign language has actually influenced quite a bit of the world. Uh, a lot of Africa uses American Sign Language, uh, thankfully. Uh, I've been to Nigeria a couple of times, and uh, their sign language, uh, is, I was talking to one of the teachers there, he said, well, we use real American Sign Language, not like, not like what y'all use. And what he meant by that was the American Sign Language they learned in the 60s and 70s is still what they're using, and our sign language has uh, morphed and developed and changed since then. And so he's saying, we use it like y'all used to use it back in the 60s and 70s. Whatever y'all use now, that's not American Sign Language, according to him. And uh, so that was just funny to me. Uh, but uh, the, there was an American missionary that uh, he, I think it was like 12 or 14 different countries in Africa that he started deaf schools in and churches along with that. And because of, because of him um, and going and starting these schools, uh, our American Sign Language is used in a lot of those countries. That's mostly Central and West Africa. Uh, East Africa, they have been more influenced by Northern European countries, Norway, um, and those, those countries up there for whatever reason. Other questions?
you, you can learn. Uh, so the question, if you didn't hear, was how long would it take on average uh, to learn conversational sign language? Uh, you can learn a good, a good base in a couple of weeks. Now, that doesn't mean that you're proficient with it, but you can learn enough words. Uh, so we, when we do a sign language class, if we were to come here and do a sign language class here, we would typically think of being here two weeks, two hours a night, Monday through Friday. Uh, so uh, that'd be 20 hours worth of classes. And then we'd do some stuff outside of that to, to help. But we would expect that after that 20 hours that you could carry on a conversation with a deaf person. That does not make you uh, completely proficient, but it gives you enough to have a conversation and enough to be able to learn more from there. Okay, now that I can, I know how to ask what's the sign for this, uh, then you can, you can go from there. But just knowing the signs is uh, only part of the issue. There's, there's a whole grammar structure that goes with it. And you don't have to know all of that to, to be able to be a friend with a deaf person, but really your, your interpreting skills will improve greatly the more you learn about the linguistic side of it. Uh, though you don't have to do a four-year program at school. Uh, I, I would say that that basics you could learn in a, in a couple of weeks, but then uh, you really, it's going to take you a few months of, of practicing and spending time with the deaf before you get to where you feel like you're comfortable. And then usually a couple of years uh, to get to be what we'd call fluent. Uh, so, well, okay, a couple of years, that sounds like a lot, but uh, on the other hand, you know, you could learn a language in a couple of years and, and really have an effective ministry. Uh, you could get started with a ministry in a couple of weeks. Uh, so it's, it sounds daunting, but it's not the rest of your life. It doesn't take 30 years. Um, though I, I joke, people say, how long, how, long, uh, how long ago did you learn sign language? Well, I've been learning for 33 years um, because there's always something new to learn. My wife just pulled up a sign the other day. She said, hey, have you ever seen this? And when I saw it, when she did it, I thought train. That was the first thing I thought of. And that's what she thought too. Um, but she never even questioned it at the time. She just, yeah, it was train and, and moved on. And that's probably what the, what the person was saying, but we, we don't really know because uh, she didn't think about it till later that, hey, you know, actually, I'm not sure what that sign was. It was just a weird sign. All right, another question. Yes, ma'am. Uh, I know well... Um, three very distinct sign languages. Uh, but countries like Peru, they use a lot, um, like it's probably 70% the same as ours. And so it's, it's just a matter of learning what's different. Uh, Philippines, we've been there. Their sign language is uh, very much like ours, but there are a few signs that are different. Uh, so I've been in a lot of countries where I'm able to communicate, even though their sign language isn't exactly the same as ours. You'll learn the differences. Um, but distinct signed languages, the Mexican sign language, the Argentine sign language, and then 
our sign language here. And they're all very different. <laughs> and then we speak Spanish. And I play with Italian. All right. Other questions? The, the fewer questions you ask, the longer I preach. So, any other questions? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm up. Okay. John chapter 4. I'm sorry, John chapter 6. Not the woman at the well. Another story. John 6. I uh, mentioned uh, that, that I've known Brother Vince since he was five. Uh, his, the, my favorite story that his mom tells, uh, and I don't know if she told this story long. You may never have even heard this. Uh, they, were at a, they were at a meeting traveling for the ranch, and she was interpreting, and there was a deaf guy there that just didn't like her. For, for whatever reason, he didn't, he didn't like her. They just didn't uh, hit it off. And so they were showing the, the ranch promotional video, and she had been sitting there interpreting, but the video was such that she didn't have to interpret. So she turned around, sat down on the front pew, and then did the video, and uh, then she got back up to, to interpret, and uh, she asked the deaf guy, she said, do you enjoy the video? And he said, no, I couldn't see anything because your fat head was in the way. <laughs> and <laughs> it was just, it's just hilarious to hear. Have you ever heard that before? Yeah. Uh, and uh, this was so long ago. And uh, that, that is always, I, I like to use that story all the time. Uh, sometimes people just, they don't like you. And it doesn't matter what you do or how nice you try to be to them. They're just not going to like you. And uh, so that was his comment to, to your mom. <laughs> and I would guess that happened uh, in the 80s, early 90s. Uh, we worked at the ranch from, uh, on staff from 94 to 2000. Uh, so that's my, that's my favorite story from your mom. All right, John, Chapter 6. Well, we appreciate the opportunity to be here, and uh, we, we, uh, we count it a privilege. Uh, to be able to to be in a church with with a pastor that's a friend that's known us for a long time too, um, and not that not that I'm afraid pastors wouldn't want to have me after they've known me for a while, but I do I do appreciate uh, this. This is the story of the feeding of the five thousand, and there are different versions of this story in the Bible, um, but this is the one told by John, and uh, so we're gonna we're gonna read through some of this and then we'll come back and make some comments but John chapter 6 verse 1 uh, I'll read that after we pray dear Heavenly Father we thank you for the time to be together this afternoon and I pray that you'll help us to uh, glean some things from your word in this passage that is uh, beneficial to us and an encouragement uh, to us in the, the ministry that you would have for us to do in Christ's name we pray Amen. John 6, verse 1. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him, because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. 
And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, to test Philip, for he himself, Jesus, knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There's a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? Verse 10, And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men... When they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth, that prophet, that should come into the world. And we'll pause there um, for a moment. Uh, John, John, has written, uh, John has written to non-Jews. Uh, the, the four different Gospels, they kind of have their own focus on things. And uh, I, I found this interesting. I, I've read this passage many times, but just recently, I noticed verse 4, and this has nothing to do with what I'm preaching on other than it's just interesting. Verse 4, and the Passover, a feast of the Jews was nigh. Now, why would John say what the Passover was? Uh, and that's because he was writing to non-Jews, uh, which would be us, I would think, all of us in here. Uh, but I, th I think it's just interesting that John took that moment to say, now maybe you don't know what the Passover is, but it's a feast of the Jews. And then, then he goes on. Uh, just, a, just a neat little thing there, I think, that just confirms uh, who John was writing to. Um, I thought that was interesting. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes, this is verse 5, and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? Now, Jesus wasn't asking the question to gather information because the next verse says that Jesus knew what he was going to do. Uh, so there, there are many times you'll see Christ, he's asking a question. And it's not because he doesn't know. It's because he's trying to get the person to think. And so he asks Philip, well, how are we going to feed these people? And... Uh, Philip starts to think, well, I don't know. What are we going to do? Now, by this time, of course, we have the privilege of, of seeing how the story of Christ plays out. Uh, but by this time, don't you think Philip should have just said, I don't know, Jesus, but I bet you know. That, that should have been the answer. That should have been the right answer. It's like, I don't know, but uh, we'll, we'll go along for the ride. Uh, but Philip tries to figure it out. And um, verse, verse uh, 6, And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do.
organization layout of, okay, you take care of these 10 who take care of another 50 each, and so you can distribute all of this. And, and so there's some organization going on here. But, but the point is that I don't have to have all the answers, but I can do my part. And here Christ says to the disciples, hey, you have the guys sit down, and we'll, we'll spread this out, and you do your part. You don't have to feed all 5,000. You feed one-twelfth of 5,000. And they didn't even have to do it. All they had to do was be the conduit that, that Christ was going to use. And whatever the task is, buying a church building or reaching Mozambique or going to the prison system, uh, these, are, these are tasks that can be completed. And we can trust that the Lord will be able to do that. But now what's my part in that? Uh, I, I know God's going to accomplish his task, but I want to be part of it. Uh, the, the Lord is working. Where can I jump in and, and do my part? Uh, Christ wasn't asking the disciples to come up with 200 days worth of bread. Uh, there wasn't a Thornton's on every corner that they could go to and get 500 heads of pork. The best thing at Thornton's is the ice cream. Uh, you know, there wasn't a, wasn't a Thornton's to go get some soft serve ice cream. But, um, but they didn't have to have all the answers. They just needed to yield what they had, what they had available to them, to the Lord. And that's, that's where we should be living. We should live with that, ah, I'm resting in the Lord. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to pay. I don't know how we're going to pay for a building.
promise cards and the missionary ballots. Um, both are important. We turn these in next week. We turn these in next week as well. And again, with these ballots, if you don't remember somebody, not a big deal. Just don't rank them if you don't remember them. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then, uh, uh, but you can you can uh, get that ready. Be praying about that. Bring that back with you next week, and uh, we'll get those turned in along with the faith promise cards. And the faith promise cards, you you get them. There's a little piece on the end here that rips off. You keep the little piece. You give us the larger piece. And uh, if you turn it in the wrong way, it'll work. But that's the way it's intended to be. You turn in the larger piece uh, with the amount that you're going to uh, be giving. Um, you can do this, obviously, one per family. We've got plenty of them. If you decide you want the kids to give separately or something like that, by all means, go for it. But uh, we'll turn those in next week. And uh, then from there, we'll be getting the budget out. Uh, we're going to be meeting about the budget. And we'll, Lord willing, be able to email that to you next week and uh, for us to look over. And we'll vote on that eventually as well as the new budget would have to start September the 1st. And uh, so all that will be coming out soon as well. Uh, but I think we've had a really good missions month. I'm excited uh, about uh, how it's gone. We've got a couple missionaries we had earlier in the year on the list as well. Um, and then I'll talk about, uh, I need to talk with uh, James and Tyler first, but uh, with ideas about the uh, Jehovah Jireh ministries <clears throat> as well. Um, I'm going to hold off on that till next week. <laughs> Sorry, I'm having a conversation with somebody that you're not, invo you're not invited to. Um, uh, we'll talk about that. Okay, I'm sorry. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your help this, this month especially. As well, we're excited about what's ahead. We'll see you Wednesday night at 7. And if you can't be there, let us know. We'll get you the Zoom invite. That's Sunday, regular service times as well. If you need anything, please do let us know. Lord bless you. Let's be dismissed. <laughs>